Hunger Games TV podcast. So we went to a locals tournament in Philly at mm-hmm. Gardens of Earthly Delights. It was a uh, best of three, um, but we only had uh, three rounds. Um, we had probably like 17 players or something like that along those lines. Um, so it wasn't as big as we wanted to no, or expected. I expected it to be like at least a 30-man tournament, but it was, yeah. it was less than that. Um, but we did, we did get close to 30 players, right? So that was... Better than nothing. I definitely expected more people to show up, but uh, things happen. But Gregory was a fun experience. It was our first official, you know, uh, tournament as a team, not not just us as individuals, but as an actual team. So, team Target Games TV one represented. Um, had some people that uh, recognize me. Some people that know of me. Or at least now they know of me because you know they 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 met talked to me uh, had 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 somebody you know just straight up just like hey you're Eddie Beto they just straight up you know recognized me and I was like yeah I am that guy <laughs> and um, he asked me for photo op so I gave him. I made sure that uh, after my uh, first game, which I won, by the way, um, to old my opponent, I was playing against uh, the Vegeta in Vegeta and Trunks deck. Um, played, I was playing against that Vegeta and Trunks yellow deck, and um, he after game one, my uh, my um, you know the guy, you know I called him over so we can. Um, the you know the picture while we had the, the chance because we were going straight into you know game two I mean round two which I ended up playing against um, what deck was it I had it written down um, oh yeah it was uh, Majin uh, not Majin uh, yeah Majin Vegeta it was Majin Vegeta um, the leader the green leader that can get double strike and um, has the, the ability to Take a, a battle card from the bottom deck, the servant, and play it. And he kept playing the the three drop twenty k double strike that has servant, so it's a thirty k double strike. Uh, Vegeta, they can attack. They can they can restand if your point counters. So he kept playing that over and over again. I was trying to get rid of it. I was trying to use one of my effects to shuffle his deck. Um, by the way, I was using my uh, two Zamasu leader, and it was it was my tragedy overground turning the tides, SS blue, uh, uh, frenzy burst burn, you know, like type deck. So it was like blue good stuff basically. So I had a lot of you know, Zamasu cards in there, um, and you know got the tragedy overground strategy, and you know got the the SS four Vegeta to ramp. And of course, 12 unisons. I was playing a 60 card build. So that's what I was playing. And like I said, you know, I won uh, round one. I ended up 2-1 against the Vegeta player because I beat him in game one, but he beat me in game two and three. Um, then we, then on my third round, I played against Gohan, the skillless Gohan deck. It has the 10 drop uh, Gohan. So I was playing against that. Ironically, uh, if I'm right, yeah, that match was also a 2 1 because I beat him game one. Android 17 turning the tide. And then uh, game two, I would have, I would have, I would have, I would have got up, I would have beat him again. With, with turning ties, but I misplayed. I actually have the recording of the duel. I misplayed because uh, I forgot that he did play a blue unison, which means the guy sitting trunks in his hand was actually uh, useful, uh, usable. And when I played my Super Saiyan for Vegeta, he turned in the tie. I mean, he uh, got sealed, and it's like, oh, well, I'm tapped out. And I was like, well, maybe I might get lucky. I might survive his turn. 
which means next turn I'll drop turn of tides and I'll have game. But I didn't survive. You got me. You got me good. And um, that was fun. Um, ironically, that, that opponent, by the way, was the one who recognized me and, you know, I, I agreed to take a picture with him. So there's a picture of me and him um, that might end up on <laughs> uh, Facebook groups. Um, so... So that was cool. So after you know, after you know, took a picture and stuff like that, I was like, "Man, it'd be interesting if uh, him and me end up playing because that'd be kind of cool, you know, since he recognized me and stuff. That'd be like, you know, cool that we end up playing against each other." Interesting enough, all my opponents all uh, sorry, <laughs> you all felt the stress. So you know, expressed that the, the battle was hard, um, and that's good because I definitely do my best to be. Difficult to play against. Um, my second opponent had it the worst um, because he literally was stressed out. <laughs> he was like heavily breathing, and he was you know just just kept repeating over like how stressful it was to play against the deck. And that's good. That that's I appreciate that. You know, as a deck builder, I appreciate you know that type of feedback. The fact that somebody could be like, "Yo, that deck." Was a problem. It's like, thank you. That says a lot about you know my my build, deck building skills, right? So I appreciate that as a deck builder. So, um, and and I visibly, uh, uh, visibly, I visually saw it. Like I, I saw it. I saw them shaking a lot. I, I, you know, I was very casual, very you know laid back, not nervous at all. Sometimes I, you know, I, like you know, back in the day, I'll say like. Way, way back in the day, I would be a little bit more nervous, you know, concerned that I might make, make mistakes, misplay, but, you know, um, I wasn't, I was, I was in the zone, I was in my comfort zone, I was having fun. I was debating between, because uh, I had Hatchyak, I had Boma, I know a lot of people would like have me to play Hatchyak, but the build that I have was, it's just, it's an old, older build that I, that, you know, I, I just don't want to play it no more, like that specific build, I'm like, I got newer, more upgraded versions of Hatchyak, obviously. So it's like, I want to play the newer builds. So if I'm going to take Hatchyak to a tournament, which, I, you know, I'll probably play Hatchyak um, the next next event. Uh, don't quote me, but, I, you know, I, I think I will. Because all I have to do is just, you know, upgrade, update the Hatchyak deck to the newer strategies that, I, that I'm using. And then I'll take that. But I was debating, you know, taking Bowman, Bowman Burn. But um, the thing is, most people know about Hatchyak, most people know about Boma. That's nothing, you know, new. Those decks are played sometimes, you know, um, in competitive play. So it's nothing new. Um, so, but not many people take Setsu Zamasu to tournaments. So I was like, you know what, I'll, I'll play the Setsu Zamasu. I want to play something that, you know, most other people don't know, wouldn't expect. And it would be a surprise to see, and it was true. You know, they, they were surprised and they liked it. And it was, they well, <laughs> they didn't like the stress that they were getting from playing against the leader, but they they liked that it was you know, it that I, that it was it was something different, you know, not something they were used to. So it definitely gave them a challenge, gave them something to you know to enjoy. So when they get a W, they definitely could brag because it wasn't an easy battle. I definitely didn't make it easy. Um, I mean, that one misplay <laughs> of, 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 of the Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta and I got God's deal in front, even though I knew he had it in his hand, I just forgot that he played the blue, the blue uh, Majin Buu Unison. Because he originally had Saiyan Scions. He had the, you know, the Goku Jr. Saiyan Scions. Um, and I forgot that he replaced it. With the blue unison, which means his God Ceiling was active. So I got got because I forgot. <laughs> Say that wrong, but I forgot. Because I would have made a different play if I if I noticed that he had the blue unison. It's like, oh, he has blue unison, God Ceiling Trunks is, is playable, and my six drop Vegeta does not have the effect, and it'd be a bad idea for me to make that play. I'm better off playing my. Absolute unison and keep a couple of energies up. That way I can negate, you know, just keep my defenses up. Because I had like, you know, uh, uh, 
what is it called? It's, because it's called the extra card. Senzo bean. I had senzo bean, so I definitely could use senzo bean and, and, and my graveyard negates, uh, alter easy and stuff like that. In my uh, saying synergy, Goku and Vegeta uh, negates attack. So like I had a lot of defense on my hand that I could have played if I paid attention to the fact that he had the blue unison. Um, I would have played those cards instead. So I misplayed and it happens. I misplayed and it cost me. Uh, I was one turn away because if I all I needed to do was turn in Tizen, which was my goal was to turn in Tizen to, you know, to go for game. Uh, most of my strategy, uh, most of, most of my goal um, was to get him down to at least three life instead of you know get him down to two and then try to turn in tides. Actually, get him down to three instead and go turn in tides, and that and that's and that would worked out for me um, when you know when it actually did work out. Uh, the person, um, the my third opponent that I was talking about, um, he he got turned into tides twice back to back. So I turned into tides. Next turn. Use my Unison's ability to draw two cards and put a card on the bottom because I had Super Saiyan 4 Vegeta, uh, Goku protected the earth. And uh, if I right, attack with the leader, I drew, and, and the leader was the one that gave me turning the tides. So I was like, oh, I could turn in the tides this turn. Also, chose not to charge the turn afterwards. Um, so, I, so I still had seven energy. I didn't have eight. I had seven energy because I was like, oh, if I get another turn in tides, all I need is seven. Which I ended up getting a second one, and I was able to turn in the Tizen again. Because he was able to fill up his hand again. But I uh, turned in the Tides, and it was funny. And he was like, man, um, you know, after the match, he was like, if I got, if I turn in the Tides him one more time, or he, if he didn't get his 10 drop Go, uh, Gohan, you know, I had, I had game. And I did win the first match, so this, the, the third match was obviously the tiebreaker so you know I had the you know I, I had the possibility of winning because he was at one life you know obviously I was at one life um, because of uh, the game um, I also have that uh, battle recorded so game one round, oh, round one I recorded round two I recorded not perfectly recorded but uh, I mean round three recorded round two is the one that I didn't record, so I don't have any audio of that, of, the, of game two. But I do have game round one and round three, so those games I do have recordings of. Um, but yeah, I had fun. I enjoyed it. It was great. Definitely would like to have played more, but it was like late at night. So my experience was, you know, with it was, was good. I got to play against certain decks that... Um, that I, ha I haven't gotten much uh, to play against so that gives me good experience so obviously that helps me improve as a player because if I ever go to you know obviously not when uh, if it's when I go to another event and I face these decks I will have that knowledge and experience from you know these these matches so now I know what the you know a lot of the cards do and a lot of the, the lines of plays and I can you know obviously adjust my Playstyles and strategies based off of those outcomes. Another thing that was interesting, and he'll know because he kept, you know, he, he definitely pointed out, was the fact that I had the two drop, and Goku striving to be the best, um, in you know in my deck, and that, you know, just gave me a lot of advantage, you know. So it made it so it made the game way harder. So he had to rely heavily on his Gohan to help him, you know, his ten drop Gohan to help him. In the game, you couldn't rely on his uh, unisons. I mean, his uh, not unisons. Uh, well, definitely his unison came in handy, uh, but he couldn't rely on his um, skillless battle cards because there were two drop or less. But MVP card besides Gohan, uh, the ten drop Gohan was his uh, Majin Buu um, unison because um, because the the two times I turn in tides him, the unison when I attack with with. Uh, with extra 17 turn tide, he will do the minus one ability of the unison to bottom deck it, which ironically lets me stay in the game a little bit longer. So it prevents me from decking out, but it also was preventing me from being able to, you know, finish my opponent off. You know, he only had one life left, and I just needed just one extra t turn to try to go for game, right? But, you know, 
I ended up not getting that. But that was fun. It was great. I uh, wish it was more than three rounds. But at least before the event happened, I was told that it was just going to be three rounds. So I was like, all right, not expecting too much then. Um, that was my experience. So here's my teammate. So you can tell me what his experience is. I sucked. No, no. No. Um, yeah, I went 0-2. Uh, I played Universe 9. Um, with the reboot leader for reboot programmo. Um, and I figured that uh, the meta would be a little slower, but the I lost this twice um, in the first two rounds to the same deck, the Universe 7 deck. Um, and they were able to gain a significant advantage Primarily because my deck goes off in turn four. They were familiar with the deck and they knew that in turn three, once you get the deck on the ropes, you pretty much can win from there if they don't have the finishing combo. Um, so they just played exactly how I knew they would play. They, they put the pressure on in turns three. And if you're not able to uh, stop them or slow them down, um, the deck pretty much gets overwhelmed. Uh, it's one of those decks that have to build up to get what it's gotta to get where it's gotta go. Um, a couple key misplays: not uh, tapping out the Frieza. It's a dual attacker. They're all single strikes. There's really no double strikes. Uh, turn three, they put the pressure on with the jiren unison which you uptick it and it's a double striker i'm familiar with it i use it in my red deck so you uptick it it becomes a double striker and throughout the first couple turns turns one and two all you're doing is you're pushing 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 and the deck because the deck uh needs to awaken um to get one of the more powerful effects which is uh dropping two or less for free because in the first couple turns, you're dropping two or less, you're taking a life. Normally, that's a good thing, except because you're not able to put powerful attackers out there. You're not really hitting their life because they're using their creatures to either just come after your life. Or when they come out, they just kill all your monsters instantly. So you don't have that many attacks to put the pressure on. Um, they're dropping four cost 19s for one energy. And when it comes out, it, you know, they're basically minusing creatures and your creatures don't get above 15 in the first few turns. In fact, you don't really start hitting 20k until turn four. So in the first round, I wasn't able to get to turn four ever. Uh, he beat me in turn three before I could. My second game, I was able to get to turn four um, the second time, but... The position I was in, the fact that in my life, in my life cloth, was one of the key cards I needed to make the combo, solidify the combo. Because I needed that uh, key blocker that becomes 30k, which um, makes him difficult to get over. And then he has barrier. So none of his cards would have worked against it. Um, and that was the key play that I was looking for. However, that wasn't so. It didn't, it, it wasn't to be. Um, one of my key misplays was not being able to play my giant ball towards the end of the turn, um, which allowed him to extend his plays, essentially turning his dual attacker into a double striker. Um, so... It was interesting, uh, the fact that the deck relies on milling and sending a lot of cards to the drop area. Uh, they was able to get a lot of cards off. Uh, so I think next time, because I have the ability to drop a 30k in turn three, I think I might play with my Broly deck, Red Broly. Uh, it has... Two key cards that, if I ever encounter Universe 7, will just totally just wipe the floor with it. Um, and because the one key move that they need 
is they need to dump a lot of cards into their drop area in order for them to get, you know, key sparking uh, moves. Um, my uh, deck works similarly off the same concept. Um, I just need a few key cards. So a lot of it, a lot of my cards untap and they get cheaper. Um, dreadedly, uh, because there was, I was in the third round and I had a buy. I was just standing there watching everybody else, uh, play. But, you know, like I said, looking at the meta, what's important to know is that a lot of these decks, they play very cheap, very free things and understanding that my opponent, uh, one of the key moves that they kept doing that I really wish I was able to take advantage of was they were not afraid to tap out. Um, and my red deck takes advantage of that. If you're not afraid to tap out, uh, my red deck takes advantage of that. Um, and so there are a few things that I really wish that I was uh, prepared for. I wasn't really prepared for that, but it it was a learning experience. And I think that's the big takeaway for me was that I really got a solid learning experience out of it. Thanks. Um, yeah, because personally for me, that, that was one of the key things that I like was the fact that it's like, first and foremost, Especially when you're playing competitively, you want to get used to the idea of playing competitively. You know, you gotta be, yeah. you, know, you gotta have the energy, sleep, and this and that. Be yeah. Prepared, right? Have your play mat, right? You have yeah. your deck, you know, as optimal as possible, right? You know, just be as ready as possible. You know, go there with the mindset of like, you know, just playing your game. Don't be overthinking. Don't be trying to, you know, focus on you know other details. That will potentially distract you from just playing the game. Yeah. Especially if you're, you know, you're used to playing the game, you know, and you're used to certain results. Just play how you always play, and you will get those results. You know, uh, one of the things that I definitely noticed when I was when I was playing, I was just happy to be there. Especially, <laughs> it definitely helped when when I as soon as I, I first just came in and some and I don't know the guy's name unfortunately. Um, um, but the fact that he recognized me, you know, and said hi and whatnot, um, just, you know, put me on a good mood and all I care about was just being there, having fun, you know, looking forward to, you know, go, you know, playing competitive, you know, at more events, you know, looking forward to next week and the week after that and the week after that, right? Looking forward to the future, of, you know, because I got a lot of things going on, so I'm just very positive. So it just, you know, I was just having fun. I wasn't overthinking too much. Uh, a lot of the times I was just chit chat. Me and my opponent were just talking, like we were just having a regular conversation, but we're actually still playing the game. Um, I actually had to call my uh, call myself, catch myself, and it's like, okay, uh, I'm enjoying this conversation, but we should be uh, focusing on playing the game because we only have but so much time left. So let's just, you know, you know, play. Because um, obviously we can always talk afterwards. But that was the thing. It was, it was just, it was, it just felt so casual, right? It was just, you know, like we're just here. We enjoy the game. We're having fun, and you know, we're just, we're just playing. So that that was really awesome. It just felt good that it wasn't, you know, stressful, right? Unfortunately, my opponents would disagree. It was stressful for them, but uh, for me, you know, it was very fun, casual, laid back. Um, you know, good conversations. Uh, meeting new people is always good, right? You know, um, especially you know, you know, can't play this game by yourself. You need you need people. So it was good to to, to meet people and to play against people mm -hmm. um, that I can actually see because. Most of the people, because I, you know, I have played against people online, <laughs> and some people are not uh, that friendly online. So it was nice to obviously be able to play against people who were decent people, you know, respectful people, people who you know understand it is a game. You know, you win some, you lose some, right? That's the other thing. You know, 
There was no hurt feelings. Because I'm used to sometimes people being a little too opposition, right? Too, like, it's me versus the world. It's me versus the, the, the card game community or something like that. So they go to a tournament and it's all about, like, you know, winning and, you know, everybody's an enemy. And it's like, okay, you're taking a little bit too far. Everyone's your opponent, you know? Everyone's your sparring partner, so to speak. So, you know, respect as is. Without them, you can't play the game, so respect your opponent. But there are so many people that are just so self-absorbed, so, you know, single-minded, so individual, right? They don't realize that without the community, this game doesn't exist, right? Without other players, you can't play. You know, if you want to play solitaire, hey, to each their own, but <laughs> the game is, is useless. Uh, without other players, you know, that's why it's very good not to be toxic, right? <laughs> and make people not want to play the game because then if people are not playing the game, what happens? The game dies. You defeated the purpose. Like, if you like playing the game, then you need to put some positivity out there so people will want to play. That's how, uh, you know, things should be. Yeah, of course. Of course, yeah. There's... Play aspects to the game that can definitely be improved upon. I think that as long as the players continue to improve, as long as the players continue to be inviting, um, there are certain things that about the game that should be gatekept, but we should be very, very inviting to a lot of people. Um, the more the merrier, the more diverse ideas. Uh, because I remember speaking to somebody and... He said something that I always uh, like to contest to that, you know, some leaders, some people don't want to take a chance on. They look at it and they're like, okay, there's not really much I can do with it. Um, and then some leaders they look at and people will be like, you know, what's the point of this? I'll admit myself, I thought the same way. And like I said, my mind was changed totally today about um, the yellow Vegeta leader which I seen no real value in until I seen the deck in action. And this guy really made me respect it. I was like, oh, wow. He was able to put together a lot of um, good card combinations and took advantage of it and maximized his uh, abilities. Which I guess, because I wasn't looking at the deck in its entirety, that I didn't see the potential in it. But it had a lot of potential. He, was, had, he had a lot of uh, staying power. Um, you were over. You were able to overcome it, but the fact that he had that kind of staying power, it's like, you know, there's just a couple more cards in there. Like if he had had a um, a flying Nimbus at his at his disposal, yeah. um, because he can uh, pitch a Trunks or a Vegeta, put it in his drop area, and just get it back with his leader. And because he was able to keep recycling, you know, I was just thinking to myself like. Yeah, there's no reason why you're you should not be playing Flyer Nimbus. But you know, to each their own. If he felt like okay, that's not a card he didn't need, you know, I ain't gonna, I I I, I can't check nobody on that. I was the one that got uh O2'd. but you know, I just was like because you have that kind of staying power, you might want to be able to add on to it because. Uh, you would be able to not only stay in the game a little bit longer, but you would also be able to keep your opponent on the ropes, um, limiting what they could do to you. So hopefully um, he's able to do that next time. He went up against uh, Black Dr. Um, Dr. Uido and Dr. Kochi. He went up against that deck, and he lost... And I'm standing there just looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, your opponent is not really putting any monsters, uh, any uh, creatures out there, but because he's able to just limit your attacks, you, no matter how many you put out there, um, he's able to limit what you do. That just brought me back to the very idea of my red deck is, you know, put a whole, go wide and put a whole bunch of creatures out there. Um, but he um, would just try to slow me down. So, you know, I guess it, it, it really just comes down to preference, but 
I think that there was a lot of there'll be a lot of benefit in looking into cards that you may not necessarily think are good for you off bat, but may be good in certain situations. Um, also, I've seen you know people playing you know different speeds of different types of decks and everything. I think that is so healthy for the game. Everything can't be fast where you're dying in turn two, turn three, turn four, but everything can't be too slow to where games are going to turn ten, turn eleven, um, unless. Both decks are trying to win in turns 10 and turn 11. <laughs> um, it's nice to have a variety. Excuse me. So. Yeah, variety is the spice of life. Yeah, right? You know, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I, I want to see more of that in, in all of my card games. You know, I don't want to see a single linear line of play um, or play styles where everybody's just playing the same things. Um, even though I did run into two of the same decks, I feel as if I've seen the potential in both of them. And like I said, I played way better against it the second time than I did the first time. And so I knew that there was possibilities I knew what they were going for, and I knew what I needed to take advantage of. So, you definitely want the element of surprise. You definitely want an advantage. Yeah. If you think about it, see, I won the first game of all my matches. Mm -hmm. It's that I lost uh, game two in the in game in, you know the, the the second match. The in um, I mean the second game in the second matches in in the matches of game two and game three. I mean round two and round three. So if this was best of one, I would have I would have won all three, right? I would have been undefeated because I won all the first games. So I mm -hmm. won the first game. You know, I had the advantage. You know, part of it was the element of surprise. Most people were surprised on how the leader worked. Yeah. Some people did recognize it. They're like, Oh yeah, I, I know that leader. But it was the fact that, like, okay, I'm not prepared to deal with the leader. You know, it's going to be hard. Mm -hmm. That's that's good, because that's the whole point. It's supposed to be. So, so it was a good choice to, to, to play the, you know, to play the, the leader. I mean, it was fun. That was the other thing. It was fun. It was a good choice, because it definitely gave me a lot of, a lot of, a lot of leeway mm -hmm. um, against whoever I was playing. And I did... One of the things that sold me on the idea is like, you know what? I don't know if this is going to be best of three or best of one. So uh, so it would probably be a better idea that I go with Zamasu because, you know, he has technically two life two life bars, right? The, he has technically 16 life as opposed to eight life. Mm -hmm. So it's like in a best of one situation, yeah, he's a really good leader to, to play with. So I uh, took into account that, hey, you know, best of one. Uh, but even if in best of three, you 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 always want to win the first game, you know you always want to win game one, always want to do that, and you know especially when you have the element of surprise when your opponent doesn't know doesn't know your deck doesn't know your spice your tech right, mm -hmm. so you always want to win game one, once they realize what your deck is capable of and whatnot what your spice is, and of course they're gonna side deck and I didn't side deck by the way so gotta point that out, I was playing with no side deck all my opponents. Um, you know, obviously game two they sided and we played. They sided and we played. So yeah. when we did get to game three, so there's a possibility that you know what helped them you know do do better against me was um, the fact that they sided. Um, I you know was performing just as well as I I do without it. So didn't need to do much. Most of what I needed was already in my main deck. Just like in round uh, in game three against my opponent who was playing the the two drop skillless uh, Gohan strategy, the fact that I had main deck that Goku's striving to be the best, you know, gave me an advantage just by it existing. In in this in the next in the uh, I deliberately mulliganed uh, four cards away, kept mm -hmm. two cards. Obviously, turning the tires was one of those cards. Uh, I think. I think the five drop uh, Super Saiyan Four, Goku Protector Earth Unison was the other card I kept, and then the rest of the four cards I mulliganed, expecting to draw 
one copy of Striving to Be the Best Goku, which I did, and it's like, oh, here we go. I'm going to play it again. <laughs> and I dropped it, and he's like, oh, damn it, you got it. It's like, yeah, I deliberately mulliganed four cards just to see if I can get the card again because it was useful in the in the first game. You know, it's, it's going to be, it should be useful again because it actually has, you know, it's actually good against their deck. So it wasn't good against everybody else's deck that I was playing against because most of them, had you know three drops and above that I had to deal with, so it wasn't useful against those matchups. But it was useful against my third matchup. So it's good that I you know I had it, right? And like I said, I don't I don't side deck, so you know the fact that it was it was already in there, it already was something that gave me an advantage. It definitely definitely um, helped because he definitely would have won faster. Then the game would have been easier for him if it wasn't for that card so the card being in there made the game way harder so that's a good thing you always want to make the game harder for your opponent but easier for yourself you know one thing that i definitely got from this game i mean let me from this tournament was this like yeah i need to put my mudge in the fire west supreme kinds back into the deck it's like yeah i got i got a ramp definitely need to put her back in there mm -hmm. um um, interesting enough, my uh, my the the Majin Vegeta player, uh, my my second opponent, he you know suggested some uh, like a, a nice little loop that I'm going to look into. So that was nice, and that's another thing that was awesome was you know the fact that people were, you know gave feedback. That's always good, and they gave proper feedback, not like mm -hmm. you know your deck's trash or some random shit like that, or oh your deck's good, and then left it at that. Like no, they. They had nice things to say, which I appreciate, but they, you know, had some suggestions, which I also appreciate, especially if it makes the deck stronger. I'm all for, you know, improving upon a, a concept, you know, because that's the thing. As players, we always want to get better. And an extra thing you think about, since this was a Philly tournament, you know, we're <laughs> Philly residents, it's like, you know, we look out for one another, right? We, so that, that that's, you know, so when we go out of Philly to other tournaments and events, we're representing Philly, so it makes sense that we, you know, help each other improve and get better at the game. Because one, it makes for a good, a community, good game when everybody is at a good level. I'm not a fan of my opponents, you know, being uh, not as good as me. I prefer close to my level or better. Because realistically, you always want your opponents to always be better. Because it helps you improve. If your opponents are not better than you, then it's hard for you to improve because, you know, the game is too easy. You know, the, the the you know the games, the matches, are too easy that you don't ever really need to put in extra effort to improve. So you typically don't improve. The idea is that the way you learn is from somebody who who's better. You know, you don't typically learn from somebody who's worse than you, right? You Facts. Learn, you learn from those who are better. Facts. And that's how you get better. Facts, yeah. And I definitely learned a lot today. I definitely learned um, about sequencing cards and choosing better cards. Uh, there's a couple cards that I definitely want to switch out. Um, definitely a couple cards that I want to look more into just for defensive purposes. Uh, a couple of unisons I want to look into for staying power. Um, like I said, I hope that uh, they do come out with uh, a unison for the deck that particularly works better with it. Uh, because the unison that they have, while it's good, uh, and it has a lot of staying power, it also has a couple of downsides. But I think that if I focus less on the downsides... Um, I can make it work. So that's just something that I'm personally going to look into myself. Uh, what else did I want to say? Um, yeah. And overall, like I took nothing away from my opponents. I take nothing away from what they were able and capable of doing. Um, I had a lot of fun. 
I can't wait to get, you know, another opportunity to do it again because I think that I will bring a much more experienced deck, a deck that's much more ready for the meta. I wanted to play something classic. I always want to give that deck a try. Um, and a lot of my playtesting, you know, I went, I was, I always played as if my opponent played slowly, a more methodical play. You know, they didn't just come on out outright, but that was my mistake. Something, something always to learn is when you're, when you're playtesting, um, especially if you're playtesting in your mind, you want to make sure that you account for certain things like, what if your opponent's able to just drop two, three, four creatures with, uh, with a lot of power, you know? Do you want to take all those hits? Do you not want to take all those hits? What do you want to do? Do you want to get in double strike range? Uh, you don't have the power to rejuvenate or um, anything with any staying power. So a lot of your cards don't have barriers. They're just going to die. A lot of your barrier cards are going to come out turn four. So you have to live till then. Um, and it was interesting because I was able to drop the seven drop Bergamo with triple attack and barrier. So... It was so significant, even though I would that was the turn, that was the uh, round in which I wanted to drop because I was in a better position. I really wanted to drop uh, um, the brothers card uh, and, and, and drop two more uh, Mark of the Wolves. But all I had was uh, the seven drop that becomes four when all his energies tap. So. I, you know, I made sure he tapped all his energy, so then I paid for and I brought it out, and I was able to keep both of his freezes and his Goku tapped, you know, and it would be tapped until my next turn. So, he wasn't able to use them, but he was already in a commanding position, and because he was, he had his, his Jiren out there, I essentially, I, I used my triple attack on the Jiren. What I should have done was use my triple attack on his creatures, but I I seen that he was going to keep protecting them and saving them. So I was like, well, I might as well just try to use it on his Jiren and, and downtick his Jiren. Um, but as far as cards they'd never seen before, because he never experienced that card, he actually tried to kill it with an effect that it has barrier. So he was like, yeah, minus this, minus that, minus this, minus that. And I was like, um, you can't minus this. He was like, well, I was like, yeah, it has barrier. He was like, oh. Yeah, I'm sorry. Yeah, this doesn't ignore barrier. Sorry about that. I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's a good trick. It's a good trick. He tried to uh, counter Fidel, so he tried to hit me with that Fidel. And I, he was like, I was like, that's a good trick, but she doesn't ignore barrier. Uh, and and yeah. so, <laughs> and so, yeah, he, like, you tried it. Uh, he was like, yeah, I'm sorry about that. I was like, yeah, you tried it. You know, was like, good move, but so then he he had to deal with it. He had to deal with it. But if I had Mark of the Wolves, it would have been a lot better, but. You know, uh, I I didn't I, I didn't have it. I didn't draw it. It was the one time I didn't draw it. Had I had Mark of the Wolves, I would have been able to win. But I didn't draw it in that turn. Um, so, kudos to him. You know, I had bad luck. I wasn't I wasn't drawing cards like I needed to. Uh, another thing was I keep forgetting that that deck does does not like to awaken on my opponent's turn. Um, I need to awaken on my turn to take advantage of the untapping of energy um, because. A lot of my cards uh, don't, like I said, they don't have staying power. So I need to be able to play play on my turn and then get the free drop at the end. And then it doesn't matter if I'm tapped out on my opponent's turn. Because I play everything on my turn and it, it, it all gets defensive. Problem was, was that I was prematurely awakening. And that does not benefit me. That did not work to my benefit. So they were able to outpower me and the rest is history. Yep. Definitely don't be premature. Um, yeah, there was, there was so much fun. Um, definitely when you, when you play, try to not stress out. I know it's hard to... Uh, control your your emotions and your feelings but you play a better game you definitely enjoy it more when you're not um fully like focused on every detail and definitely don't overthink this is part of why you play test right this is part of why 
you practice with your decks, do a lot of test hands, right? Shuffle, draw your hand, mulligan, shuffle. You want to practice that a lot um, and get into that habit because you want it to be an instinct, right? You want it to be a, a reflex that you play a certain way because that would be the most optimal way you play. Um, I want to point out one of my misplays, besides the old me playing <laughs> six, uh, the six drive Vegeta and it get kind of sealed, which is not good, um, was there was a much better, more optimal play I could have done um, where I could, uh, where it has to do with the six drop Vegeta, where I didn't play the six drop Vegeta, I instead played the five drop Unison, um, Super Saiyan 4 Goku Protector the Earth Unison, you know, um, to get the auto and clear my opponent's board. But what I should have done was play the Vegeta, got the four uh, energy, swung with the Vegeta, Senzu Bean, because I had it in my hand, Senzu Bean, that I'd be back at five energy, then do the uh, um, Super Saiyan 4 Goku, the um, Protector the Earth Unison. That way, I would have, uh, of course, at the end of the turn, I'll have a uh, 30k blocker, plus I have the auto, you know, in, in effect, plus, you know, um, I have, I'll have the ability to minus two the following turn if I need to clear my opponent's board, you know, for me to, you know, turn in the tides and go for game, or play some, or play, any, you know, anything else I might, I might want to drop, like my, my um, nine drop. Uh, Zamasu, which has dual attack and has the ability to send itself to the drop in order to bring out uh, Tragedy Overground, so I could have potentially done that, um, but um, I didn't. So that was a that was a misplay on my part because uh, I was focusing on trying to, you know, clear my opponent's board. But I forgot that you know the optimal play was to do Vegeta, then Senzu Bean, then play the um, unison, which I've done many times before online. I just, at this moment, I forgot, um, because, uh, you know, I tap five, I play the unison, and as soon as I put it on the board, I'm like, ah, wait, I'm supposed to play Vegeta, and then Senzu Bean, and then do this. Ah, I messed up. So instead of taking it back, obviously, <laughs> um, I already made the play, so I just continued on with my play. I did record the match, so I do have that match, right? Yeah, that match where I did that. I think that's the the same match where I did that play. Unless mm. that was the game three against the Majin Vegeta player, then now nah, I don't have that that match. But um, that's the thing, and, and, you know, small little details like that, like little mistakes like that. You know, tapping out at the wrong turn, this and that. Obviously, we're humans. You know, you know the heat of the battle is what I what I was saying to my partner earlier. Was like, yeah, sometimes you know, um, you know, you got the, the 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 heat of the battle or the 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 fog of war, as they say, where sometimes you forget, like you you don't notice something that was always obvious, like something like you make a mistake that typically you wouldn't make, like if you weren't, you know, you know so focus on something you would have noticed something else and that's the thing is that you don't want to be so focused that you lose focus if that makes sense that you lose focus from other possibilities from other lines of play um i definitely knew my opponent had a, a charismatic villain frieza when i was playing against a green player other than he had a green unison, right? The meager green unison. Um, it was the fact that he, he actually had a uh, charismatic villain Frieza in his uh, energy area. So I'm like, oh, that means he has one in his hand. That And he has a green unison. He definitely has it. So that his, uh, his energy is a reflection of his hands. Just like the blue uh, Gohan player, he had a uh, Gassian's trunks in his energy, but he bounced it back to him by... Um, by some some effect, it was either the leader or unison effect. Um, something something bounced it back to his hands. Like oh, he has Gaussian and trunks, but he didn't have a blue unison yet, so it was a problem. But when I played my uh, Vegeta, when I 
when I looked over, when I when I played it, I immediately saw like in the corner of my eye, I saw the unison, the blue unison. I'm like, ah, oh, shit, I forgot he has the blue unison, which means Galaxy Electronics kit is playable right now. And I wasn't counting on it, on him doing it. I wasn't counting on him God sealing it. Um, so that right, I would have obviously played differently. I would have played different cards and waited until turn seven and then turn into ties because, like, you know, turn ties has deflect. So mm -hmm. the idea was is that, you know, I want to get turning ties, obviously. I want to get there, but I also wanted to, you know, try to take advantage of ramping. So that's how I went ramp. The ramp route, but I forgot they had the blue unison, so that misplay cost me that um, match or that game, I should say. But you know, listen, learn, and obviously, if I play this deck again, right, um, I'll definitely try to uh, avoid making that same mistake. That's another thing. Not only the you know you know playing the the, the typical lines of play that one time that I forgot to play. My optimal play, which was the Vegeta, Senzu Bean, and then Unison play, which I typically do. Um, I learned, you know, other uh, strategies and other lines of play, especially when it comes to certain, um, like if my opponent's being aggressive, being a little aggro, right? Playing, you know, I learned real quick on um, how to adapt to it. You know, I, I took advantage of my leader ability to send a life from my um you know from my life to the drop so i can draw then like you know and get and, and basically use the leader's ability to get myself to be able to self-awaken awaken draw two swing with the leader draw another card so i can essentially get four cards in one turn i've done that you know a couple times before but it, it was you know it was just because i could but you know to actually you know make that decision while you're playing and be like you know what since you're being a little more aggressive, instead of me sitting back and letting you just like attack me, and that's how I get my, you know, quote unquote card, you know, get my card advantage that way of you dealing me damage, I'm a, you know, a self awaken basically. I'm gonna try to speed up and awaken myself so that way I can try to take advantage of that. So keep my hand size bigger and then, you know, start making these, you know, plays. So I switched up my play on the fly based off of my opponent, so I adapt. One of the things I, I've said before uh, when I play Yu-Gi-Oh! was the idea that like, I, um, I don't side in cards, I side in experience. I don't side deck because my ability to play my cards differently, the fact that most of my cards are pretty generic in the way they function, they tend to have more than one effect anyway, the way I use them in combinations allows me to do things with them that are, you know, they're, they're equivalent to if I had a card that did that thing. Like, mm -hmm. I can use cards to board wipe my opponent when the card is not designed to be a board wipe. It's mm -hmm. how I use it that gave me that outcome. So I have board wiped, right, clear my opponent's battle cards with cards and effects that aren't obviously board wipes. It just did in the right use I was able to get that type of results. So I was able to, um, you know, um, clear some stuff and deal with certain situations just by my ability to uh, be creative and adapt to the situation. And that's just, and that's a really important skill to have. That's, that's how you know you're good, right? <laughs> if you, you know, can make something do something that otherwise it wouldn't be able to do per se, you know, right? It's like, oh, this card combined with this card gives me this amazing um, outcome, right? So it's kind of like cooking, you know, you're mixing certain ingredients and you create something new, you create something, you know, different. So I do the same thing when I play. I play my stuff differently, you know, I'm mulligan differently sometimes depending on the on my matchups. Just like that, 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 that opponent, um, the Gohan player where I... Uh, Mulligan four cards. Typically, I mulligan three, and I it was mulligan three throughout a lot of my matches. But uh, you know, in that one game, I was like, all right, I'm a mulligan four instead, so I can increase my chances of getting the uh, Goku striving to be the best because it was actually useful. Um, it made the game hard for my opponent and easier for me. So of course, why not try to get it in my opening hand? And I did, and it 
definitely put in work. So some obviously honorable mentions, you know, some MVP, obviously turning the ties was putting in work for me. You know, a large majority of my wins was turning the ties. Um, you know, putting in some work. And um, uh, I mean, one in one in, against one matchup, uh, Goku's driving B best was MVP, right? Um, my Unison's <laughs> uh, Giant Force. Right, yeah, all my units. Giant, Radish Giant Force, uh, Go, uh, Go Tanks, Absolute Unison, and Super Saiyan Four, uh, Goku, the Protector of the Earth. They all put in work, and I have twelve units in my deck. Obviously, a sixty card build. Ironically, my third opponent, which was the guy who um, wanted a picture with me and recognized me, he asked me how many units was in my deck, and I was like, I started counting. It's like, oh yeah, I only got like three unisons in my deck specifically, so I only have 12 unisons. And he thought it was funny. He's like, oh, damn, only 12. Normally you have more. It's like, yeah, depends on the build. I can have more. But yeah, I only have, only have 12 in that specific build. But I am thinking of um, increasing the unison count. So I am debating on adding another unison so I could get to 16, maybe 20 unisons for the deck. We'll see. Um... Another thing I noticed is that uh, the build that I currently have um, doesn't have Dimension Magic. I'm like, hmm, I'm missing Dimension Magic. I need to, you know, put Dimension ba Magic back in the deck. Definitely, definitely a useful card. Um, another MVP <laughs> definitely was putting in some work, um, especially to reduce me um, from decking out so quickly. Um, was uh, Almighty Almighty Duo Verzeno. He definitely was putting in work. Um, some of my opponent's battle cards, uh, the, like the Vegeta player, some of his battle cards had barriers, so so I had to be creative and use my gold tanks instead to get rid of his barrier cards. So I had to use a combination of Giant Force to bounce one of his battle cards that don't have um, barrier back to his hand. And then play the gold tanks and then do the minus three and ignore and bear shuffle. I mean put to the bottom of the deck the two uh the two battle cards that has, that has barrier, put it at the bottom of the deck. And that's how I was able to clear the board by a combination of um, um you know effects. Not to mention the fact that obviously I attacked with uh the you know Raditz unison to the leader to deal some damage then did this the com you know the effects of the unison and then play the gold tanks and then use the gold tanks to help clear the board and then swing for 20k and still be able to keep up a 20k blocker for my opponent's turn you know for the clap back and that's the thing you gotta keep your defenses up mm -hmm. so my defenses were definitely up I was trying to implement the uh you know idea of um, turn three and above, you know, try to keep some energy up. So I was doing that more. I was trying to, you know, because I've been trying to make a habit of doing that, keeping some energy up. And I did. I didn't do it a lot. You know, there was a lot of times where I tapped out, um, but they were for, <laughs> they were justified. I was in situations where I really had to get rid of some problematic cards. So I had to tap out in order to do so. But for the times that I didn't need to, you know, tap out, um, I didn't I kept my defense up and for good reasons. <laughs> they did put in the work, they did definitely do what I needed them to do. So there are some you know changes I will make to the deck based off of you know the the results, not necessarily the matchups or anything like that. You know, some people have a habit of doing that. They take like they take the wrong they learn from the wrong part of their losses, for example, right? Um, the, from the wrong part of their matchups, they usually look at the fact that they lost, and they you know try to look for ways to, essentially try to prevent that. For me though, it's not about you know oh I need more of this or that to try to prevent losing, right? It's like no, I need this and that to improve my chances of winning, right? It's like I need my little my little two drop, on my Genifier with Supreme Kai because it will help me ramp up faster. And I always use it a lot in a lot of my blue decks because it helps me ramp up. It helps me play a card one turn sooner. And during my matchups at the event, there was times where I was like, man, if I go, if I could play turn and ties on turn six, 
it would make a huge difference as opposed to waiting for turn seven. You know, so that's why um, being able to ramp up um, is, you know, very important, very crucial. And it's like, okay, I need to add that to ramp up so that way the deck works better. Not, oh, I need more stuff to deal with the meta or I need this when I'm when I have this matchup and that. Like, no, I just need to improve the deck so the deck does what I designed it to do because the deck's good. It's just, you know, um, ramp-wise, it is a little bit slower. Um, so that can be fixed. Um, obviously, we don't got to fix the unisons. The unisons, like I said, they were MVP. They were putting in work, turning the ties. Obviously, MVP, putting in work. Got me, you know, got me, got me some, some, some games in. Obviously, if I was to play uh, best of one, uh, you know, pre-side, whatever, right? Best of one event. Yeah, the monster definitely would be a good deck to play, or some monster turn tide, or whatever you want to call it, a deck. It definitely would be a good strategy to play because it definitely was um, putting in work. I would definitely want the ramp capability, right? So that way I can turn in the tides as soon as turn six. If I put in what's his name, um, uh, a, a Weiss resting attendant, I could potentially play turn tides turn five. <sighs> Which, you know, not a bad idea to do so. Why not, right? Not only that, I just pointed out that, you know, ramping up to turn ties, you know, definitely would have um, been very useful. And, you know, because it would have been really strong to do so. It's more for certain other cards. Because there's times where I needed to play my 4-drop unison on turn 3. I needed to play my, I needed to play my 5-drop unison on turn uh, 4. So the ability to ramp would have definitely helped. I didn't do much on turn one with energy. I didn't do too much with turn turn on turn two with energy. So it would have been nice to have the ability, you know, you know essentially wrap to play the two drop margin of fire on turn two would have been, you know, obviously optimal because it would definitely ramp me up as well as it just gives me something better to play on turn two than to play nothing. And that's the end of the podcast.